Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Well, hey everyone, welcome along to this show. Today's episode is a little bit different because it's a takeover of the Seeds podcast. Um, two of my favorite guests have been Mark Ambundo and Tim Jones. And if you go back about a year ago, that was when I first interviewed both of them. Um, Mark is from Kenya, so he brings a really unique perspective on life in New Zealand. And Tim Jones is a fantastic guy with just a really great perspective on life, having been in the corporate world and then moved away from that. So I always enjoy chatting with him. And the really fun thing about this podcast has been when guests have gotten to know each other. And I knew that Mark and Tim had connected and met several times and had deep discussions about many things. So basically, the idea here was to invite both of them back as guests on this podcast, but I would not be present when they interviewed each other. And what we end up with is a mashup of two former guests talking to each other. Here's an excerpt from their interview. New Zealand is renowned for, like if you're driving from, say, here to Queenstown or here to Nelson, um, there'll be the person who drives at 90 k's an hour. Yeah. And then when you come to a passing lane, they speed up to 110 so that no one can overtake them. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, in my mind, because I'm crazy and you know all about the purpose, it's like, what, what's, what is the intention of you going on this journey? Mm. Like in my mind, it's to get from A to B safely. Like yeah. I want to get to the destination. Yeah. But there seems to be the psyche in New Zealand of us all kind of going, I want to get there and I want to get there before anyone else and as quickly as I can. Mm. And it's like, but but why? What, why is it that you want to get there? So, like, are you even going on to the right destination? In the long run, I think there's, there's much there. Because to, to be honest, Tim, I think... We, we will live, I don't know how long, but perhaps we'll be, we'll be really blessed and lucky if we get to 100, mm-hmm. you know. And we have to ask the question, you know, in our period of history, in our time that we are alive, what's the thing that for us we are, we, what's the battle on the front door? 100% Other agree. people will yeah, find yeah. theirs, but for yeah. us, what's there? And, and perhaps mm-hmm. it will be beginning a certain storyline mm. that will be picked up that you know in the long run if if the next generation picks it up mm. then it will be great for for all of us and i think maybe for us that could be one of those things that mm. um man we've talked about many things but many things i knew that if there were two people i could entrust this podcast to it was tim and mark because whatever they talked about would be deep and meaningful and i think you'll agree when you listen that that was right i really hope you enjoy it If you do, you might want to check out some of the earlier episodes because this is the 63rd episode for Seeds. And also you might want to check out the original interviews with Tim and with Mark. So without further ado, here's the interview with Mark and Tim talking to each other and taking over the Seeds podcast. Good voices for a podcast. That's that's, that's what he's saying. It's good you saw it. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you? Do you know who you really are though? Mm-hmm. Not sure. No, I don't. <laughs> Not sure that this is even the real me here. Exactly. Oh, Do you wow. exist? Where we go? Or I remember how I met you. And it's how did we meet? So I think the um, the the, the um, I recorded a podcast with Steve. Then you hit me up on um, Messenger, Facebook, Facebook. 
Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, just connecting with you was quite strange. I thought, ah, this is. Uh, I'm meeting with someone who will listen to my story and now wants to give me a taste of what it means to be a a Westerner. <laughs> so I think meeting you and you giving me a chance to to walk a dog that's <laughs> like on a leash. <clears throat> so that that was really fresh. That was brand new, straight from the factory, man. I, <laughs> I have never done anything like that, man. I'm used to dogs being guard dogs. Um, you run away from dogs. You don't you don't befriend them. Give them a name. Give them a name that's ferocious. Don't give yeah. it a soft. Have have them run your life in terms of what you can and can't do. <laughs> but I thought that was really bold. How how do you do that? How do you how do you how do you hear someone on, I mean, online, and then you look for them and you meet them and you, go, <laughs> how do you do that, man? I guess that's that's been a big part of my career. You know, my the majority of my career has been in sales and business development. So the ability to handle rejection and, um, you know, uh, I guess just keep putting your hand out, saying, G'day, I'm Tim. Who are you? How can I help you? I think that's, um, you know, sales is often seen as a very sleazy or a you know nasty profession that we don't need. But actually, the alignment I see between where I am now and where I've come from is, you know, selling something to someone is actually an act of service. And if it's done in the right way and the person actually needs it and they, they want it and it's good for them, then it's a very noble act. And mm. so I think that's where that kind of fearlessness of, of reaching out. But I think I was just genuinely... Um, and I guess maybe, you know, there's a layer on that. that I'm, I'm obviously originally from the UK, so I'm, I'm an immigrant to New Zealand oh, as yeah. you are. Oh, yeah. And so I, see. I, see. Um, I mm. guess there was a level of empathy around, hey, this guy's new to the country and he's finding it a bit crazy. And when I first moved here, I was like, yeah, these Kiwis are a bit crazy sometimes. <laughs> but, um, so I guess I just wanted to make sure that you had as, as good an experience here as, as you could. And, yeah. um, mm. and I guess equally for me, just for me, it's as, you know, I guess... Um, the idea that you hadn't taken a dog for a walk yeah. for me that was such a well yeah people just take a dog for a walk that's what that's what mm. you do with a dog <laughs> yeah so it's kind of i guess it was a curiosity and i think that's that's also a big thing of sales and purpose is that kind of yeah just that curious well, why like and, and that's the word that's attached to purpose is why mm. like, why why am i why am i doing this why me why should i do that mm. why is that good for me why is that bad for me but um that yeah, was, I good. Think it was that good that was good man i mean i mean many thanks i I must say it was a, a new experience. And I think when you move to like a different culture, a different society, part of what makes it adventurous and exciting is is getting the chance to have a hands-on experience on what's new, you know? 100%. And yeah. And so that was really good. And I think from then on, we just got to know each other a bit more and getting to hear that you do carry a message and you feel something in your heart about just the kind of life we live, mm -hmm. um, which again was really fascinating hearing that from you that first time, just you observing a sense of um, plenty and abundance that's that's way overboard in, in some sense, mm -hmm. that you're looking at a society and saying, you, we have more than enough here, you know, and how can we spread it out, you know, to, to just about everyone who is part of the society but is not getting a chance on, on it. So that was a, a new year uh, or a new, not even a new year, you were saying new things and in as much as I'd imagine everyone is comfortable around, mm. wait a minute, there's some actually who are concerned about, hey, this is, this is more than enough here. Mm. Uh, 
Yeah, so that was interesting. We went pretty deep pretty quick, didn't we, on our first oh, dog walk? Man, we did. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's, um, I guess, you know, for full transparency, um, Mark and I are currently sat at Stephen's house. Um, he's very graciously invited us, uh, our, our families, around for lunch today. And, um, yeah, that just sense of connection and, and you know, having these bigger conversations. And I guess that's part of what Stephen's doing with his podcast. Let's, let's talk about stuff that, and you know well, just before lunch and over lunch we we're having the conversation around how you know in i think in the western culture in this is you know generalization we're really good at not showing our full selves and we don't mm. want to have those big conversations whereas i think i've got to that point where i want to go i want to have that conversation i don't really care about what you know you watched on tv last night i want to mm. know who you are and why you exist and what's your th- yeah you know i think it's and i think there's a i mean we we've connected pretty you know considering we come from polar opposites in terms of cultural backgrounds belief systems like all the rest of it but we've managed to find connection and and meaning and we've had some great walks around the quarry and you've taken Dougal the Westie and (laughs) enjoyed it (laughs) I think I think your point on connection I think there's there's something there when you think about our conversation even just a few minutes ago about um, just how we at times we've we've disconnected from each other you know for for whatever reason you know as, as i was telling you from my point of view some of the reasons are branded as hygiene let's mm. let's watch out that we don't you know we don't um in one way or the other infect each other yet you know coming from my context in kenya it's it was a really strange feeling so i'll give you an example an example so because i work in a church as a pastor so in these early days, um, I'm out there and at the front leading the congregation. It, it was during the time of the Port Hills fires. Mm-hmm. So normally when we are faced with a, a, a kind of tragedy or misfortune in a country like ours, when we gather together, either we are singing the national anthem or whatever, we hold our hands as a sign of, you know, this is unity mm-hmm. and it's, it's how we're going to go through a, a time of <laughs> hardship. So I go ahead and I say to the congregation, you know, hold the hand of the person standing next to you. And, you know, at first, it never meant anything for me. It's, mm. it's, this is how we respond. I, I, can, I can, before you say, I can picture <laughs> the image in my head of these Kiwis just like froze, just stunned, like stunned mullets is the expression we do. He's like, he's, he's, he just said what? My goodness. So so after the first service, someone comes and says, man, you, it's good. You will be excused for that. You are different. <laughs> just don't do it again. Yeah. So, I mean, I thought, what's the big deal? And they say, here, we just don't hold hands like that. You know. So then the second service, I did that. And I observed a good number didn't hold each other's hands. And I thought, what's, what's going on around mm. here? Um, but yeah, it's, it's those maybe shocking, but... But maybe someone needed to explain to me why. And I mm. thought maybe it's just an issue of uh, let's all stay hygienic. hygienic mm. or I don't know. I, I, I just think, um, you know, my, my whole take on it, you, you kind of referenced my point of view earlier. You know, as in the terms of the, the Western democratized world, we have never had it so good. Like we just I think it was like a week or two weeks ago, some Japanese scientists landed a robot on a meteorite in outer space. Like we have that tech, we can do that. That's how much stuff and abundance we've got. Yeah. Yet we have never been so disconnected from each other, from our own feelings, from, you know, I, I mean, I, I am pretty much, you know, I, I know you're a man of faith. I'm pretty, I guess, I don't know. I'm curious, but yeah. we're, we're disconnected spiritually. We're mm. disconnected from our community. We're disconnected from society. Like we've been taught that just go like, 
be successful on your own and by yourself. And that's mm. a really good thing. Mm. And I think on those very small level, like you were just saying, you know, you, you go to buy your meat in Kenya, you go to the butcher and you see the full cow and you go and sort of point to the bit you want. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, here you go to the supermarket and it's isolated in a little pack and it doesn't touch any other bits of meat. And you don't yeah. really know that that's come from a cow or a pig yeah. or, a, or a lamb. And I think there's... I think we're we're bereft. I think mm. as a, and I think that's why that's my take on it. You know, if, if everyone was living on purpose, you would not let your neighbour go hungry or without. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and yet yeah. we're so focused on ourselves, but that focus on ourself and and mm. success through typically a monetary lens yeah. is leading us to be even more disconnected. And and I don't think it's 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 a coincidence that we have massively high rates of suicide for males our age in New Zealand, mm. and the fact that we you know. We've got the highest or the second highest suicide rate of, of youth in mm. in the developed world. It's unfortunate. Is you know is it that lack of you know we, we are by by design by nature we are individuals who seek connection. That's the mm. the thing that we you know we join a tribe, we join a, a, a church group, we join a company. You know yeah. we're we're looking for connection, but we we stop it at a certain level in in our culture. And I think we need to push further. I think I think being able to retell a different narrative to help with. Um, making some of those connections would be great. Um, like I was saying, with the issue of uh, possibly um, uh, going even further to, to talk about the aspect of eating a meal, like I was describing. We, in high school, when we were being introduced to using utensils, like, mm. like fork and knives to eat and spoon, you know, possibly, the, I mean, the, the intention maybe was good that we're not coming from playing basketball and we're going straight with our bare hands and we're eating and there are all sorts of uh, um, uh, issues there that would come with, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, call it what, don't know, hygiene, hygiene or contamination, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But I remember very well that experience of of using a fork and a knife for for a long time, maybe even two years. I would eat and I just feel I haven't, I'm not satisfied. Mm. It's the same equal amount of food I would eat with my hands, mm. my bare hands, and I would get so full. Or just satisfaction is is a hard word to to mm. to, to to define. You're just satisfied, you know. Mm. And and I, I think about such and I say, you know, what if you just you know found a way of saying wash your hands before. You don't necessarily have to kick it all away because I think there could be a connection there with creation itself, the, mm. the nature and thinking about what do we do with nature and maybe there's a kind of disconnection there. Uh, might, might, might sound petty and um, um, unfounded, but experientially to see that it begins with those kinds of disconnections and before you know it, you struggle even to connect when you talk about deep things like the wise and you know what's the worldview you're using to say what you're saying mm. very few people are are willing to go there or they're objectively thinking about what what worldview they're taking up to mm. see life through um, mm. but yeah no i 100% agree i think that i think that's found there's there's some of these really little things there's um there was a book written by he he used to be well, i think he might even still be a dentist a guy called paddy lund and he he calls these things critical non-essentials and so it's like and he he uses them from a customer service perspective so it's like you know someone walks into your shop you know you don't have to give them a free lolly but if you do they'll have a better experience like that kind of thing mm. and i think some of these little things that we've Again, you know, us in the in the Western in inverted commas cultures have been dis they're little they're little they're not they're kind of not essential but mm. now we've removed them we I think we need to realise that they are essential mm. and I think you know we were talking over lunch about how 
you know, your, your fingertips are some of the most sensitive parts mm. of the body. Mm. And so I think having that connection with the food, that the feeling, the texture, you know, yeah, it could be. Th- there's something <laughs> there's in that something and, there. And, and you're automatically discontinued. You, know, you know, you get this food that comes in a plastic packet that goes in a big oven that you don't, t- you know, mm. and we wear gloves to make sure we don't get burnt, which is, I guess that makes sense. But, you know, we're, we're disconnected along the whole way. Mm. And I think if you look at, you know, our lives in general, you know, we, again, we typically drive to work in a big metal car or a bike or a bus yeah. and then we go and sit in an office and we quite like concrete in new zealand yeah. to build our buildings and yet mm. you know th- i think we're just missing yeah that that, that base connection there, to nature yeah. there's something in there and there's so many studies that prove that you know going for a walk in a forest is just good for you mm. you know it's <laughs> yet at every point in our lives we remove that connection yeah i think when i hear what you're saying is to go deeper perhaps in the Western culture and think about would you say images is 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 important or is driving the whole the <coughs> whole uh, agenda of just um, disconnecting the people or the society further like 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 when I'm talking about image is something to do with uh, you can't hang your clothes outside. Something like that. Yeah, Something yeah, as yeah, extreme yeah. as that. You yep. know, hundred percent. Yeah, and and the reason is that it it removes or it's an eyesore mm. to the aesthetic value we're trying to 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 create here. Yep. But that narrative of aesthetics creates this this plastic, this facade that's Ooh, not real. It. You know, 100%. I, and 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 when you dig just a little. You see the mess. You see the struggle. You see the. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is living that quality you're trying to paint out there one thousand percent agree with that yeah Yeah. so i don't know i don't know that you want to comment on just how self-esteem and image in one sense in trying to portray a certain kind of um uh well to do have no problems with me if i have any issue i'll sweep them under the the carpet you won't have to see it do you think that's i think that's a massive i think you've Mm-hmm. I will be taking that part of this podcast and summarizing that and using that somewhere <laughs> with your permission because I think you've summed up so much. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, he's a British philosopher called Alain de Botton and he wrote a book called Status Anxiety, okay. which is exactly that. It's like the whole the whole modern world we're living in is is designed around you not feeling complete. Mm-hmm. Like so, and if we can prey on that, we can ensure that you will then go and buy things to try and complete you. Like one of my favorite examples, um, or there's two really good ones that I reference really often. One, there was an advert for a type of car um, in in the airport. It was a few months ago, and it had this you know sleek image of this big car, and um, you know a male our age in the driving seat, and underneath the, the phrase or the, the advertising phrase they had was success driven. And so, you know, it's kind of saying, you know, this car means that you're successful. If you're driving this car, then you are obviously successful. But equally, we're looking for people who are driven by success. So if you think you're really going to be successful, you need to be driving our car. And what you cannot underestimate is that it's taken a group of people, probably hundreds, if not you know, hundreds of thousands, if not maybe millions of dollars to come up with that slogan, to clearly articulate that to a group of people so that when they walk past it and in three seconds they see it and go, I'm successful, I need to drive that car. And this is all. This is how it works subconsciously. That we're, we're our, our sense of self worth and self value is 
is what um, you know the modern world kind of has to attack to keep itself going. Because mm. if you are, if you feel at one with yourself and you're complete and you feel no need for anything, mm. how can I sell you anything? I can't sell you the latest car. I can't sell you a bigger house. I can't sell you a new computer. I can't sell you a new phone. Because mm. if you don't, if you feel like you don't need it because you're complete, yeah. Something. How can, how can oh. I break through that? You know, there's a, there's a really cool. Um, little uh, meme I've seen on the internet of these two Buddhist monks and, and one's deep in meditation and the other one next to him's kind of open one eye and he's talking out of the corner of his mouth and saying to him, hey, have you ever thought about quitting this for a life of mindless consumerism? It's like, well, <laughs> no. Because once you reach that state yeah. of Zen or completeness yeah. or yeah. I, am, I am in need of nothing, mm. the whole modern world kind of falls down. <laughs> and, I, and I bet maybe some maybe because we're used to a certain um, framework or style of living, it might be uncomfortable. 100%. To, uh, yeah. I don't know that there are gradual steps to help people live more real lives. I mean, social media doesn't help, but whatever it we are posting, posting on, on social media is, mm. is always what, what looks good. We, 100%. We don't yeah, want to... You don't, don't post yourself on your worst nah, day. You don't do that. Experience. You don't do that. You don't do yeah. that. And... And maybe over time it creates an anxiety around truth. Mm -hmm. So when you when you present truth to people about, um, say, their finances or the real state of their relationships or just um, uh, potential and areas of growth in character, we become uncomfortable because uh, we, we are so alien to ourselves because we've been trying 100%. to we've been, try, we've been trying to create trying this, to be uh, someone else. Yeah, yeah. And maybe there are gradual steps we can be able to make to help um, to help us live a bit more real lives. I don't know. Maybe no, it begins I, by that connection, that creating spaces where people can be able to have a conversation and talk. I'll tell you a good one. So a good one. What I see in my home, I wouldn't say it's a deliberate step. Perhaps it's because we are too many people in a country. Mm. There could be just logistical things there, <laughs> but. One of the things that happens in my context is we learn to have conversations and connecting with people by simple things like um, what I was telling you about huggling. Mm -hmm. When you're yes. going to buy anything, you know how much money you have. Yes. And whatever price tag is there, we have learned to see that price tag as nothing is fixed. Mm. I can, I can... I think there's a Swahili there's a Swahili proverb that says that um, a loose translation is that you you can you can scratch an itch. Oh my goodness, English is failing me. <laughs> but what you can do is that your hand can get up to a certain point. Yep. So that's the best way of yep. saying it. That, yeah, I, that, that, I totally get it. Yeah, that I can only get up to here. So when mm. I'm going to buy anything, is that I know that's a price tag over there. It's not fixed. This is the amount of money I have. Yep. I will scale it down, talk this conversation up to what I can be able to do. And so what happens is that you have this conversation with the vendor and you say, you know, I, I don't have that much. I have this amount, you know, and, and there's a back and forth that, mm. that helps us learn to have conversations that mm -hmm. in one sense, you live closer to the reality of who you are. Mm. You know? and having the, that empathy. <laughs> and empathy. And yeah, the other yeah. person knows, yeah, that's fine. That's in cool. fact, if you come and buy things at the price tag, it's actually a shock on the vendor that oh it's my disrespectful. goodness, yeah. yeah, it just sounds like what? Okay, you seem like you have a lot of money. I don't know, you yeah, you yeah, want to go yeah. and buy it, buy it, mm. but it's just not the norm. And maybe um, the point that I'm trying to make is that 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 context, that conversation, mm. uh, has allowed and given us space to 
still be able to come up to where we are and mm. and and present that you know mm. and have a conversation with someone connected person yeah. i don't know that making sense but no, yeah, sense. Yeah. like you say i mean rather than you might go to the supermarket and it's pr- you know it is easy to mm. go i mean i've done it i go around the supermarket i mean hats off to my wife she does most of the shopping um but the occasional times i do i quite often will have my headphones on and i'll be listening to my own music and mm. you know doing my thing and i might take the earbud out to say good day to the the lady or the, or the man yeah, checking out yeah, the food but yeah. it's pretty easy to go and buy everything you need or, or you might just go and order it online and not even mm. connect mm. so i think yeah just that all these little loose connections we we yeah. we've lost yeah um, those little micro i mean because yeah. I'm, I'm a conversational kind of guy whenever if i'm out in a shop I'll always say, before they ask me, I'll say, hey, how's your day going? Like, are you sick? I mean, you must be sick of the machine going bleep. How many bags do you pack a day? Are your fingers, like, are your fingers sore? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. try and have, just try and build that connection with people. I think that's something that everyone can start doing is, um, that's good. you know, seek those times for, for connection. I'm doing a program at the minute um, with, uh, so Meridian Energy, hats off to them. They're running a, a little um, learning group and it goes from now until January. And there's a group in Christchurch and a group in Wellington. And it's kind of like emerging leaders for the future. Mm. And so it was open to anyone in Meridian and, and in the public. And um, one of the exercises we have to do uh, over the next two weeks is an empathy walk. Mm. So go and find someone that you have seemingly no connection with mm. and go and walk with them for an hour. And I, I kind of feel like I've already done it. I'm, I'm, I kind of feel like my, my homework was done a few <laughs> months ago with your walk. Yeah. And, and But I think that's it's true. Like you go, you go and walk with someone or just talk with someone that you... you know, and I guess with my Kilmarnock hat on uh, now, you know, I'm currently doing some work with the team at Kilmarnock Enterprises. You know, we work with people that have been marginalized and disconnected mm. and, and they have so much to give and so much value. Like everyone has so much to give and so much that they want to do and, mm. and just connecting with another. We're all, you know, at the end of the day, we're all human beings. Yep. We're all trying to survive until we get to 80, 85, 90. I don't know, maybe our kids will get to 150. Who knows? <laughs> like we're just trying to get through to the end of it and mm. do it in a good way that lets us be a good human and have some fun. That's and good. I think that's, that, good. that's my kind of lens on life is like, why should anyone else not be entitled to have that? Mm. It's mm. just, it seems cruel that you, that you would not want that for someone. Yeah, yeah I see, mm. I see. I think, I think one of the, um, I mean, sociologists have done this, people who study human behavior would be able to know, uh, but I think also a personal effort to, um, uh, for people who are connecting with me and they we're seeking to form a friendship, uh, mm. however that might look like, is to have a willingness to present a truer version of me. Mm. Yeah. Be authentic. Yeah, be authentic. I think mm. thanks for that. Authentic is more like it. Mm. As I engage with people, is also to just see, am I, am I, what am I presenting? Mm-hmm. What face am I putting up here? Mm. And, 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 and maybe for whatever reason, you might not want to be as honest. There's, there's value in being able to go back down and see why was I not willing to do that, you know? And I think when you go down, you see and discover all sorts of things, you know? Mm-hmm. It could be your past is haunting, could be could be a strange embarrassments you have, mm-hmm. but it's it's worthwhile to know what they are, you know? 100% and, agree. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and a bit of self-awareness, 
Uh, maybe and that think, can actually help. I think that's the thing. You know, in in the work I do with with people, it's like you need to connect to yourself. Like, why am I who I am, and yeah. why do I think and feel what I what I believe to be true today? Because yeah. mm. typically, I mean, we talked about it a bit earlier on when we were talking about, um, you know, you've got a, a young boy, yeah, and it's like we were talking about um, how, um, you know, in your culture, there are naming cult. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's a way as to how you go around naming someone, and then mm. it's like, well, you know, the name that something is given. Mm kind of automatically defines their identity. Yeah, yeah. And I think on a, on a higher level, you know, the Western culture has this identity that we need to have new things and new things and do this. And there's a level of expectation that if mm. you are middle class living in the suburbs, that you will live in this kind of house and drive this kind of car and da 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 And at some point, a lot of people get to that that moment of realization is like, I didn't, I never wanted any of this, but you're so embedded in it. Yeah. You yeah. can't go back to that truth or you, yeah. or, you know, you, as Jack Nicholson says in the movie, you can't handle the truth or you don't even know where to look for the truth anymore. Cause you're so, you know, this, the, the facade is now so deep yeah. that you don't know where to look. But I think, yeah, for me, it's that, yeah. Who, who, like who, who are you? Who were you? But more importantly, who do you want to be? Like you can, mm. you know, and we talked about how, um, we're basically just repeating everything we t- we talked at lunch. Mm. We should have just recorded our lunch session. Um, you know, you look at most celebrities. One of the first things they do is they change their name. They mm. they change. You know, who do I have to become in order for me to be who I want to be? Mm. You know, I'm going to give myself a new identity, and I will play that. You know, that character. Yeah. Mm. And and again, could you could there be a place for mentors? Uh, when you think about. Like what you're saying is that uh, creating spaces where people can have conversations, mm. uh, making effort for us to be truer to ourselves as we engage with other people. Yep. Could there be a place for someone outside you who knows you? You know, or rather, there has not, to be. Yeah, someone who can see potential there or has can to be. see this stuff to work on here. Mm. You know, I think about the generation we find ourselves in, working with millennials and uh, the generation Zs, uh, younger. Uh, just that willingness to learn or teachability. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real tough uh, space. Or, the, or the, the disposition of the culture doesn't quite lend itself to people learning from the others. Even mm-hmm. though you're learning something, even though you're busy picking stuff from role models, either they're sports or fashion icons, or whoever mm-hmm. they are, you, you're always learning. But there is just a sense in which you would not want to open yourself up to someone. I don't know why. Maybe it's uh, it's the t- times in history we find ourselves where there's just an elevation of uh, self-expression. Mm. Um, um, there's an elevation, perhaps, of uh, our personal identity, and that's what I am. That's who I am. Yet, when you think about the, the you would know this uh, about. Um, I think it's called the Johari's window. I think the, the one that talks about the things you know about yourself mm. that others don't know, yep. but there are things about others know about you that you don't know. Yep. And I just wonder whether there can be a, a place where we are deliberately placing ourselves to learn from someone. And, and for those of us who are older, mature, can be able to willingly take someone under your wing. Mm. And not just mentor them career-wise, but mm. but just generally a life. bit deeper, I mean, a bit yeah, deeper, yeah. and help them see the strengths that they have, mm. and how they could be playing to a cultural narrative. But boy, it's going against everything in who they are, mm. you know. And that's I think you you've hit, that's the thing. It's that cultural narrative. It's like we're from this country, or we're from this gene pool. This is how we are. Mm. But that's 
that's typically been decided by someone generations ago. Mm. And does that, you know, if, if I went out from, if I said, right, from today, I'm no longer using a knife and fork. And every event I went to, whether it was like a fine dining restaurant or an awards night versus me at home on my own, having my breakfast, I'm, I'm up for it. I'm up for the challenge to actually go and do that. <laughs> yep. But I think, you know, that's because I'm a bit crazy and um, I have no fear of rejection. But for most people, even something as simple as that, it would be, but what would people think about me? And I think that's the thing. It's like, mm. you know, most people are living a life where the cultural narrative or someone else has the remote control to their life and yeah. they're dictating, no, 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 you don't get to watch Channel 4, you just have to watch Channel 1 because people mm. like us only watch Channel 1 and it's good for you and you'll enjoy it and don't worry about that. It'll, it'll all be fine. And so, yeah, again, it comes out that, that connection. Like, yeah. but, but why yeah. Why do I feel the disconnect? Like, why? But and I think alongside that, I think, I think having mentors, you know, something like that for people that can help think about more than just the journey of their cultural narrative yeah, and what's mapped yeah. out for them. Because I think that's the thing. Most cultural narratives have a thing. It's like success, a yeah. good life for you is going to be a good job, life in the suburbs, yep. two to four kids, yep. you know, congratulations, pay off your mortgage, away you go, hand, hand over all your stuff to the next generation. That's a good life. Like mm. no, no one would criticize that that mm. kind of life. But is that the life that you want? Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And as, uh, do, do you know Robbie Blakelock? No, not, so he's not, yeah. Uh, he, I thought he might he might be anyway. So Robbie's uh, got a lot of time for Robbie. I first connected with him. I think it was through this podcast. I think he he listened to it and he connected and okay. or something along those lines. And what I really loved about Robbie is that he had reduced the amount of hours he was working. And I think this is one of the key things we we, we talked again at lunch about busyness. Mm. You know, in, in, again in the Western culture, if you if you hey Mark, <laughs> how, how you going? If you don't say, <laughs> oh man, I'm so busy, I'm flat out, I'm doing a thousand things. Yeah. Oh well, it must be well you're lazy, you're not working hard enough. Like what's going on? Yeah. But the intentionality or the or the level of intention that Robbie had around taking time off, and he would just go and sit in a coffee shop and read a book, mm. and then just kind of think about it and maybe journal it. I think that's a big thing that, again, mm. you know, if, if you, the cultural narrative, if you said, if, if anyone listened oh, yeah, to this, you know, went him. into their boss and either got with a beard. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do you know, remember if, him, yeah. If most of us went into work this week and said, hey, I'm taking Monday mm. mornings and Friday yeah. afternoons off to go and think and read and study philosophy. Yeah. What? Like, what, what, why are you doing that? Mm. And I think, yeah. I think there's something there. I really think there's something there in terms of um, just how we choose to live our lives. Like, I mean, coming from my own context, which is Kenya, like I'd say we're more relational. Mm. How we look at the function of time or the mm. providence of time is, I'll come hang out with you and if I find that there's much to talk about and there's, there's something going on and we connect and there's chemistry, I just go on. And, yeah, then yeah, yeah. and then once I feel like I've exhausted what was in, I'll check my watch and say, oh boy, mm. what time is it? Now here, it's, I'm coming to you with a one hour yes, slot. Yes, because I'm busy. Yeah, I know you're yeah, busy, yeah. man. Got stuff to do. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not critiquing per se, but I'm just saying, you know, could there be something there to just try and say, I think there is. you know, when we look at relationships and efficiency, mm. maybe there's, is, there's a creative tension there to manage, mm -hmm. um, perhaps. But I think in the long run, I, it's like I want to err on relationships that, mm. that I did make time for, for people. 
Mm. Yeah, I was able to accomplish much, mm. uh, but also made time. It's it's the the discussion of who's a great time manager. Yes. Is it the one who manages to pack up a lot in in a specific amount of time, yes. or the one who uses time to achieve what's most important? Mm. And I think about myself and and how my experience so far is influencing who I am, mm. and I can see that. I can see how. I'm almost gravitating towards efficiency, mm. but it feels, it feels unnatural. It just doesn't feel like it's me. Mm. And <laughs> and I think I think there's there are a lot of people, you know, in New Zealand in the Western world who yeah. who struggle with that. You know, mm. the, the, you look at the number of time management courses that you could be sent on to help you be more efficient with time. And it's yeah. again, it's like for, for what purpose? Yeah. Like, why do I need to be? Yeah, I think you know. In the UK, I suppose it's probably relatively well known in New Zealand. You know the expression "times money" and "money's time." Mm, yep. Just the fact that we connect those two together yeah. is, again, it's that cultural <laughs> narrative of if you're not doing something efficiently, you're wasting money, yeah. and clearly, money is the thing that we value the most. Yeah. Because, but actually, time is time. Time mm. is not money. Time could be anything. Time is relationships. It's just that we've chosen to link it to time mm. is money, and money is time, mm. and yet. Yeah, you know what? What are we really chasing? You know, would we be better off saying, "Hey, do you know, actually clear my diary. I'm going for a walk with Mark for four hours today because we're yeah. going to just go like wide and ranging and have conversations and you know just go and sit in nature for a couple of hours and watch the birds and you know would would we be better humans for doing that? I think we'll be healthier. I think we would be. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, Michelle. I'm cancelling all my meetings next week at Kilmarnock and all my grow good clients. So. See you in a couple of months and check it out. Yeah, I should as well cancel all the counseling that I'm supposed to be doing and just uh, go hang out with other people. Yet, yet, yet I, I don't know. I mean, um, we can only but but speak to these things in view of trying to to redefine some other points of evaluation. What mm. what what is the best use of time? What what mm. what does success really look like? And at mm. times we find ourselves as an anxious society because what we are using as a parameters to measure uh, quality of relationships or time is just something else. It's yes. it's it's money. It's mm. does this lead to making more money? Yes. And if it's not, the, you frown. Or yes. even you, you can come out with a real sense of satisfaction, but you kind of feel like you've lost on the other end mm. where you, I don't know, maybe you didn't make as much money that you could have made yes. doing something else. Um, I think there there is definitely something to learn from from each other. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been so so far. It's been great coming over. Yeah, it, it has. Actually. So what's what's been the sort of uh, what's been the worst part of coming to a country like New Zealand, and what's been the best? Hmm, an interesting question. I think I'd highlight the fact that um, I see. Yeah, what I was mentioning that that what you see on the surface seems really uh, very cosmetic, mm. uh, and 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 I mean could be wrong here, and I stand to be corrected. So when you are driving on the roads, and for some unknown reason someone cuts you off, mm -hmm. or they just do something that um, maybe throws you off. Mm -hmm. It's that response that you you get where someone loses it, you know. Mm -hmm. Even someone observing outside can yeah. see the driver cussing and boiling up, you know. And the reason I highlight that is when you look at the order on the roads, mm -hmm. it, for me coming from outside, it's, wow, 
Man, this is uh, this is great. Look at the traffic lights. People actually follow traffic lights here. Great. <laughs> great. <laughs> it's all relative. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it, <laughs> you know, but it's that one thing that trips them off and mm. you really see the true color. Yep. And so I see that and for a moment it it, it makes me backpedal mm. and say, "Oh, so the order, as long as you stay within, mm. we're going to smile at each other. Mm. But the moment you come in my way, my goodness, I will go mm. ballistic on you. Mm. I think it's something about that makes me feel, mm, okay. And okay. I think it, it's really interesting you mentioned that because I was reflecting on that driving here to come to okay. Stephen's house. Because my, my personal take on this is how you drive, as a, again, as a, as a nation, is indicative to like deeper belief systems because how you drive is, is a very subconscious activity like you you kind of do it on autopilot most mm. of the time mm. and you know things like new zealand is renowned for like if you're driving from say here to queenstown or here to nelson um there'll be the person who drives at 90 k's an hour yeah and then when you come to a passing lane they speed up to 110 so that no one can overtake them <laughs> and it's like I, I, in my mind, because I'm crazy and you know all about the purpose, it's like, what, what's, what is the intention of you going on this journey? Mm. Like in my mind, it's to get from A to B safely. Like yeah. I want to get to the destination. Yeah. But there seems to be the psyche in New Zealand of us all kind of going, I want to get there, and I want to get there before anyone else, and as quickly as I can. Mm. And it's like, but, but why? What, why is it that you want to get this? Like, are you even going on to the right destination? Yeah. And I think that's my... Whereas you look at, I don't know, like South American cultures or I've yeah. not been to Kenya, but, you know, in, yeah. it, you know, Italian drivers renowned for their lack of care about each other and they're just like, but they, but it works, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think there is something in that, in the psychology of how a nation drives. Yeah. Because I think it oh, is embl em emblematic, if that's not even a word. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a cue as to the some of that cultural narrative. That's how I see mm, it. Could be, could be. I, mean, I think you're right. I think yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense, you know, with, with your lens on that. Like, yeah. it's all good as long as the order and the structure's here. Yeah. But as soon as we have to think or feel or, you know, oh, negotiate man. or work with each other in a, in a different way, really fast. whoa, this is uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I look at that and I think it's, it might not be fully representative of, like, the New Zealand culture, but it's something I, and I, and I watch out for. Mm. That's just because someone smiles at me by way of courtesy, I shouldn't read anything further than that. I'd yes. like I'd like to read further than that. Like the we, that there can be a possibility of uh, of getting to know each other. There can mm. be a possibility of even myself introducing myself mm. to you, and and seeing whether there can be a friendship. I don't know. Mm. I mean, you don't go to smiling at everyone, but it's just the feeling that what you see perhaps is not is not what you get. Not what you get. Mm. So it's just um, uh, what is the best to say? Just it's somewhere in my head that what I meet in this culture, uh, give it a second look again. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I think in terms of positives, there's, there's much, there's much value. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd go back home. I'm traveling back home in the next two, two months. And I want to tell my friends, I've had a glimpse of the future. <laughs> yeah. I, the debates that we are, the debates that are being conducted here in New Zealand are, are not what we will be mm. talking about at home. I think maybe it will take us quite some time to get there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's good to see and to be in a place that you see human 
ingenuity given chance an opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, to grow and be nurtured and resources being channeled there and so and it's not on the mainstream uh, academic line of maths mm-hmm. and science but you see sports and mm-hmm. you see art and you see a country that is small but man these guys are punching well above mm-hmm. their weight the other day I was watching the news some guy has launched something in space I don't know it is it's going to be rotating there I don't know at what frequency and in my head I'm thinking why are you doing that but man you've done that mm, you can do that you yeah. can do that I mean that's really good I've had some of my friends who unfortunately were playing basketball got injured their knee but they couldn't get good medical care yeah, yeah, and yeah. and they're, not just their sporting life but their lives were just ruined and they were mm. young guys right here I've met friend people I've met friends who are they say they bust both their knees mm. and they were restored and they are walking running and mm. it's just those things that i see that gives me the the impression of uh this is who we can become mm. this is what what is possible this is what what's in, within the realm of possibility uh if if what if we uh tame our greed because mm-hmm. i mean the levels of corruption back at home those mm-hmm. are those are endemic issues and mm-hmm. you hope that we can be able to get rid so i think just pushing those boundaries of what's possible for us as a society if we put our act together mm-hmm. uh that's really encouraging uh another aspect i think i wouldn't call this i'm not sure where to place it as a negative or positive i put some in the middle <laughs> i think skepticism for skepticism's sake mm-hmm. and it's good to be skeptical when you're keen on on saying i think let's be skeptical about this idea because we are concerned about the use of resources mm-hmm. uh concerned about the treatment of uh of the workers this this is a place for being skeptical yep but there is another space of being skeptical where it's just skeptical for skeptical sake and i yep. say that again in view of my my own space as as a pastor mm. i watch how we have debated upon some issues just within within the church fraternity mm. man we're having debate for debate sake right where the debate ends and for real there's just no clear application on people's lives mm. it it feels strange coming from a place where we you are applying what you're reading and then you fit, find people who are well taught to reason well and mm. to be analytical which is great but it's just how that analysis leads to a strange paralysis just right. no yeah, yeah, yeah. what do we do with what yeah. we've had a good chat now that we know what we know yeah, <laughs> yeah what so do we do everyone's mm-hmm. walking away and again i'm saying this carefully because it just could be the way i've learned and yeah, i've yeah, grown yeah. in my education system mm. could be very different here that, that mm. the education system here is a lot more explorative that you explore and we see where mm-hmm. where that will go coming from a more instructional right. mindset perhaps that seems foreign to me mm-hmm. um but I'm I'm yet to get there. I just mm. believe that there's there's a place and time for debating yep. and and there's a time for directional leadership. People yes. people are living their lives and there's so much going on and you're mm. trying to help them make decisions that are less regrettable. And yep. Yeah. It's it's I suppose it's uh, it's interesting I've had um two conversations this week where the idea of the benevolent dictator oh. has come up, you know if there was someone who just made the world a better place for the most majority of people but then there's lots of arguments around well, what is that you know da 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 so <laughs> maybe maybe that's your maybe that's what you can do go back to Kenya and you know 
try and take over. So what is, is, I mean, amongst those things that you've seen here that you think Kenya could be doing better? Yeah. And I, I guess that's interesting. Like it's, it's easy for us who live here to go, oh man, you know, we need, we need to be better at doing this here. But, mm. you know, relative to a lot of countries in the world, if you've mm. been born in New Zealand or you found your way to New Zealand, you're like, you have won lottery in terms of, mm. in general, yeah. Rel- yeah. Relatively, yeah. relatively, compared to a lot of other places in the that's world, true. we're doing pretty good. But that's I guess true. the, it's what I call that constructive discontent. It's like, but if we stop here, you know, we've done mm. some amazing things in New Zealand. You know, I guess we're on the back end of, the, of last week's um, celebrations of, of New Zealand being the first country to give women the vote. That's like, but, uh, yep, yep, you know, yep, what, yep. what are we going to look at as a nation here in, in 100 or 200 years time? and go, oh, my word, I, don't, I can't believe mm. that they hadn't done that. Mm. So I guess um, with that in mind, like, what's what do you think the one thing, is there one mission or one part of the something that you've seen here that you'd be really passionate about getting Kenyans you know, behind as, as a, as a cause or a message that you are like, Hey, look, I think we can change this. And I think it will make Kenya a better place. And I think we can do that relatively easily as like a quick win. Matthew, two things are running in my head around, um, the conversation on social enterprises mm. is quite interesting. Yeah. It's, it's observing people who have, have been full blown capitalists. They've mm-hmm. made all the profits and, they're looking at what has that done mm. to the quality of life and the society we desire to see. So when you observe New Zealand and see this massive, huge wave of people who are saying, all right, if even if we are for profit, is there still room for us to be for profit and still be value mm. adding to society? Mm. I like that discussion because it, 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 it helps to, to, it tames greed. Yep. Yeah, it puts a very strong chain on mm. w- what can be tough to handle. So mm. I see in my context um, just the unbelievable uh, levels of greed from, po- from politicians mm. uh, and how that play out, plays out in feeding corruption. Mm. Uh, and, and how that just, it just spirals and spirals. And over time, it, it creates a space or a context where people are despair and despondency. Mm-hmm. So among the young people. There's no point. Yeah, okay. there's no point. And that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's not how we're supposed to live. Mm-hmm. So I think looking at where New Zealand is and, and the people who are trying to say, hey, 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 hey I think we, we can be more responsible even as we seek to make profits. And, and there's this, this, there's every reason there to be productive and grow as an economy, blah, blah, mm. blah. But the place of valuing, adding value in the economy mm. or in the society that we live, going mm. by what we want to be like as a society, mm. I think I'd want to go back and say, guys, so if we make the profit, so what? Mm-hmm. All at, right. at, at what expense? To, to, at what expense? Okay, profit. so if you get mm. that, if there's any chance for us to learn from those who are way ahead of us mm. uh, developmentally and every way possible here. If we look at them and say they, they're, they're going where we, they've been where we're going, could there be, could we take a hypotenuse? You take know, the shortcut. Take the shortcut yeah, and get them on the other you? side. Why mm. wouldn't we do that? Um, yeah, so I think there's something there that's, that's, that's super quite... Cool. Uh, mm. So, you know, yeah. um, so the Social Enterprise World Forum, um, yep, that was yeah, in Christchurch a couple mm-hmm, years ago. It yep. was, I think, it finished last week in yep. Edinburgh. Next year, it's in Ethiopia. So there's the Man, challenge from me to you. Just above Kenya is 
uh, like I don't know. I'm gonna let's see if I can get a ticket. We'll get you, me, and wow. Stephen, and we'll have a catch up at the Social Enterprise <laughs> World Forum 2019 <laughs> Ethiopia, and we'll see how many social enterprises you've single-handedly launched in oh, in uh, Kenya over the next year. That would be lovely. That would be that would be worth. Uh, it'd be a worthwhile goal and something to look out for. Um, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So just, I'm just, I guess, really curious because um, because one of the things that really drew me to your podcast with Stephen was how you know, I'm paraphrasing probably very badly. It's like, hey, you know, Westerners, it's cool. You can come here. That's great. And we're happy for your education and we're happy for help, help with sort of healthcare. Yeah. But don't come and bring us your Xbox, your PlayStation, like, you know, the, the stuff that is killing our kids. Like, yeah. we're happy to learn from the good. And just on that, and, and I guess, you know, we, we were talking about how earlier on, um, you know, how you were saying, uh, you know, you would wear a suit to work. Um, yeah. But when it came to like a party, uh, a funeral or a, a celebration, you'd yeah. wear something, you're wearing a beautiful, yeah, um, colorful, guess, native yeah, yeah. Kenyan designed yeah. top. Yeah. You like, you'd crack out the more yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. So with, with that and, and with that, the, the talk about, you know, corruption at the government level, like, yeah. has, is that, I guess I'm just curious, like, is that a cultural narrative that has been imposed on you through colonization and, and a westernized, democratized, this is what the government now looks like, there'll be a prime minister or a president and you will elect him. Like, is, mm, is I see. I you know, yeah. I think it's easy for, again, the Western eyes to go, oh, Africa, oh man, it's so corrupt. And, yeah. and kind of go, that's just Africans. Like, looking at Kenyan's history or, or yeah. history as, as pre pre-colonization, you know, would you have said that, um, I guess what I'm trying to say, is corruption now more of a thing because of how your state has been set up post-British? Um, or is it a cultural thing? Like, mm, I don't is, know. is corruption I mean, a cultural thing for Kenyans? I think that I'm saying, my own view, it would be multi, multi-faceted. I mean, mm. where corruption is coming from and how it's... It manages to be perpetual. Mm. It's being fed by all sorts of things. Mm. I mean, we, by the time the British were living in Kenya around 19, the 1960s, 1963, mm. we got independence. See, what they did is that they left uh, a government and and it was self-rule. Mm. And so what happened after that, you know, there are other dynamics of tri- tribal, tribal, mm. Uh, uh, tribal competition or mm. just tribal, uh, what do you call it, uh, interaction that's mm. not very healthy. Right. So the people who landed in government at that time, you know, they just grabbed things for themselves. Right. You know, so I think that set us off on a, on a very unfortunate... Um, it was like a bad foundation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's interesting that you brought that up because I've always wondered, you know, like the Maori here mm. who decided instead of self-rule, there was a sense of let's get into a partnership. Mm. Uh, the white tangy, mm-hmm. uh, whatever agreement or treaty. I mean, there's I hear much debate around uh, its interpretation and mm. the works. Yet, 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 in principle, there was and still is a sense in which we coexist. Yes, you know, finding That's a way of coexisting. Mm. And look at where. New Zealand is. It's not to say that the Maori would not have been here. It's mm. all speculation. It's sure. all speculation. But I've, I have wondered, you know, how would it have looked like mm. if there was a, a, a form of coexistence mm. at that time? I mean, I would imagine it would, it would have its own dynamics and yep. its own struggles. Yet, yet, to be sincere and 
all Africans might stone me when I say this. <laughs> might be staying here. But I'm glad home. that New Zealand is so far away. Yeah. Uh, before you come and catch me here, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would be quite a long way. Yeah. The, the, what I see is, in principle, the, the narrative of interdependence mm-hmm. is Wednesday day. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we, we're unique as a race, unique as a people. Mm. I know when you talk about colonialism, there are massive atrocities committed there mm. and and crimes against humanity that we, we can't excuse away uh, or we, we can't just sweep over and, and assume that things will be all right. Now, I think just I'm saying that they're moving forward as a human race, if I may say mm. so. The more we seek to work together, to, to appreciate each other's strengths, I think the richer we are and the more we'll be able to achieve. I mean, it's going to be harder, mm. tougher things to work with, but I believe you you will get it. There's a, a Swahili proverb that says, um, let me say it in Swahili the way it is. Mtakachamfunguni sharte name. That means anyone who wants anything under the bed must of necessity bow down to get it. So Mfugundi is, chin, is, is under the bed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if this is a kind of, of society you're looking at that's progressive, that creates a quality of life that in the end is profitable for everyone, mm-hmm. you, you put the work into it. Mm-hmm. And at times, the kind of work you need to put in, you, for some reason, have, don't have the strength. Mm-hmm. You reach out yes. you know, and seek that complementing strength that that adds to that so mm. yeah so to your question about is it possible that the colonial times left a legacy that opened door opened wide the op- the door of corruption um i don't know i, I would i wouldn't speak very informatively of that mm. but but my guess is perhaps not i just think there are other other things that are that played into that mm. yeah but I think you're, you know, you're 100% on the money. Uh, a phrase that goes around my head a lot of the minute is, what's the real competition? You know, am, mm. uh, am I competing against you? I don't have to. Mm. You know, not particularly in a country like New Zealand, we can, each of us can have almost as much of anything that we desire. Um, you know, is the person who made your phone, which is a different brand to the phone I have, like, are they competing against each other? Well, they are, but what could they, what, you know, what could we be competing against as a species? You know, we've got some big things that we're facing. You know, we've got climate change, we've got poverty, inequality around, you know, all around the world. Like, what's the real competition? And if and I think if we get out of that, um, yeah, that real focus on just what's happening, that busyness again, that like what's yeah. happening in my life and just kind of pull back a minute and go, you know, just what, what if, what, what if, we did this, you know, what yeah. could the world, what could we have? What could the world look like? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that kind of hits, hits, um, hits for me. And I think um, it comes back to, as you just said, you know, it's that vulnerability, that, that yeah. willingness to be able to go, Hey, look, I, I don't have the answer here or I really want to do this and <laughs> yeah. I just need a helping hand. And, yeah. you know, I, I think humans are hardwired. We're designed to help and collaborate mm. and do good. But mm. again, it's kind of been squashed mm. out of us that, you know, no, you must compete. You know, the, the modern, the relatively you know modern world of schooling has been designed that we compete individually against each other for yeah. a random number yeah. you know in terms of a percentage pass mark that mm-hmm. indicates that you're a good human but 
I guess, you know, with my Kilmarnock hat on, that's what we're trying to pick apart a little bit and say, you know, everyone has got that unique genius. Everyone's got that thing that they can and want to contribute. Mm. Um, and let's make sure that, that what you're contributing is making it a better place for more people. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty sweet spot to be in. Yeah, and whatever you're contributing is uh, is being appreciated mm. and it's finding its place in the larger scheme of things, you mm. know. And I think if, and perhaps that that's would, would place a lot uh, on on the table of, of those who would like to see themselves as leaders mm. to create environments or spaces where that can be done, whatever organization mm. you're leading or even a family, you know, in what ways are you... Uh, are you creating that environment where interdependence can be seen, can mm. be felt, uh, that people feel that they have something to offer and it's being appreciated and it's, yeah, it's, it, it brings a change. Mm. In, in the long run, I think there's, there's much there. Because to, to be honest, Tim, I think we, we will live, I don't know how long, but perhaps we'll be, we'll be really blessed and lucky if we get to 100, mm -hmm. you know. And we have to ask the question, you know, in our period of history, in our time that we are alive, what's the thing that for us we are, we, what's the battle on the front door? 100% Other people will yeah, find yeah. theirs. But for yeah. us, what's there? And, and perhaps mm. it will be beginning a certain storyline mm. that will be picked up that you know in the long run. If, if the next generation picks it up, mm. then it will be great for, for all of us. And I think maybe for us that could be one of those things that... Mm. Um, Man, we've talked about many things, but many things. <laughs> it's been great. It has been great, and I guess yeah, it's probably uh, we've been going for about an hour, so that's probably probably enough for you know, Stephen's probably trying to kick us out of his house. But um, and I guess for me, I, I just like to say thank you so much for coming to New Zealand, and thank you for accepting the random request from some strange guy who lived around the corner from you in Hallswell, because. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've, well, I hope I've made a, a great friend in, in you. I'd, I'd certainly, I want to get over to Kenya to come and see you at some point. And um, I think it's going to be New Zealand's loss um, for you going back home. But hopefully, you know, like you say, what you've seen and witnessed here and, and you can take from Kenya. But, but equally, there's things that I've learned from you that, you know, will now stay hopefully in New Zealand. And, and I can, you know, and your podcast will be here forever to inspire <laughs> future Kiwis uh, listening in. So, yeah, thank you. And, no, um, thanks. Thanks, yeah. man. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I've appreciated the interaction and getting to know you, even your family. And, uh, man, the discussions we've had really been great. Uh, Eye-opening, uh, really challenging some of what we'd call uh, traditional stereotypes to try mm. and put perspective to it. And, man, it's been, it's been rich. And, yeah, man. Man, thanks. I know, Thank you so much. I think, I think in my own way, I'd say God bless you. Yeah, thank you. And I'll, I'll I'll take that. That's nice. So I've I've, I've now got a vacancy. If there's anyone uh, moving to Holswell who's uh... <laughs> no I'm joking. How could I how could I fill your shoes? <laughs> oh, oh, man. Anyway, Steve will edit that. Well, a big thank you to Tim and to Mark for being willing to come on the show and do something a bit different, like interviewing each other. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Listening back, it was fun to not be in the room when they were talking with each other. And I think you'll agree they managed to cover a huge variety of topics, which was fantastic. If there's another mashup between guests that you'd like to see, then maybe drop me a line and we'll see if we can arrange it if people are willing. If you enjoyed this interview, then you might want to check out some of the earlier episodes as well, especially the one with Tim Jones and with Mark Ambundo. And if you don't want to miss out on upcoming episodes, then just hit subscribe. Until next time!